Engaging Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Cities full of manger scenes and stores lit up in red and green. But down the road, just out of town, there's more magic to be found. The countryside is all aglow with holly trees and mistletoe. And in them woods, there lives a bear known to all as Thistle Hare. Oh, Thistle Hare, the Christmas bear. Spreading the good news everywhere About Christmas time and what it means To all the children of the world Every little boy and girl out there Yes, they do. Seriously, Jay. Loves thistle. It's like you're just trying to irritate me. (laughs) Did I mention before, and don't care if you are or aren't, not a huge country fan, first of all. Secondly, you can't just invent a new thing. It's not. It's been around since 1985 that song was released. Okay. Well, 1985. Certainly caught on. Well, it is. It's probably... It's gotten uh, played twice in the last two no, days. No, 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 no. If you were listening to our sister station, Kissing Country, actually probably anyone that's playing Christmas music huh. right now, you would I don't that know song. that that's true. There was well, a round table. Yeah, there was a no, well. Let's not start the show by being, you know. Well, you started the show with being cranky pants. I'm not cranky at all. Um, love Christmas music, and actually love a variety, so that you don't hear the same tunes all the time. I just have, you know, like I say, I have Sammy the Seasonal Sloth. <laughs> Nobody's playing that. Well, you you actually haven't written Sammy the Seasonal no, but Sloth it's, yet, but it's on it's my to do list. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Hmm. You know what today is. Hope day! Made it halfway through the week. Look oh, at that. Oh, man. Two more days, guys. I know. It's going to be a great couple of days as well. Of course, today is Hope Wednesday. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Gantz will be joining us in can studio. I, can't you say it's, like, extremely hot in here? I, I'm i not feeling that. Did you not feel that? Like, nope. when Stoffer left and we came in here, there was this big, big wave of... <laughs> this big wave of Stoffer heat. Uh, no, I'm not feeling that at all, so you might want to get that checked. Uh, feels about the same as always to me. Uh, Dr. Gantz will be in at 3 o'clock with How Does That Make You Feel? We're going to be talking about... What are we going to be talking about? I, you know what? It just always makes me nervous when Sid walks into the control room at the very beginning of our show. I feel like you're distracted today. I am. I I, I said to some co-workers today that I, I wish it was Friday. I, I wish it was Friday. I, I'm excited mm-hmm. for Friday. Santa is going to be here. That's right. Santa is going to be here, and I'm just I'm looking forward to Friday night. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Saturday night. I'm looking forward to Christmas. I love Christmas. Great. That's fabulous. Oh, and I have to do more Christmas shopping. I believe we'll be talking about surviving Christmas in... uh, With your family. With your family that may or may not be a single unit family Uh anymore. There's a lot of divorce uh, out there. There's a lot of sharing of responsibilities for children. Yeah, and that gets gets really tricky. It gets complicated. Even when there isn't a divorce, it sometimes gets gets complicated. As you and I discussed one day on the show as to whose house you go to for what. And uh, my family's... uh, currently going through a slight disruption that I don't care to discuss. It's odd for me, but I don't care to put it out there, but we're changing I think you our... did yesterday, actually. I know. I, to you, I did off the air. 
Oh. I didn't do it on the air. Okay, thank you for reminding yeah, me. Yeah, we're just that. not going to the regular place oh, this Christmas so Eve. Christmas bear. Okay, you know what? Um, mm. This would have been a great day for a best of, apparently. People are wondering if you brought the eggnog today. <laughs> I did not. Probably should have. I was running around today. I got a lot done before I got to work today. Left uh, the house very early. Really? How mm-hmm. early was very early? 11. <laughs> Pretty early for me. Made uh, four stops. Good for you. Finished yeah. up everything you needed to do? Um, it was a lot of, uh, you know, those kind of housekeeping items that uh, you can do anytime and therefore you never get around to them. Like uh, my car's been on empty for a week. Oh, I filled up last night before the prices jumped. I heard Did they you jumped. see that? Like by about 10 cents today. It, it felt good to, to feel like mm-hmm. I owned a bigger car. It's like 60 bucks. When has 60 bucks ever fit in my car before? Yeah, I filled mine up the other day for, well, uh, last night for $45. Nice. That's cheap. I know it is. Yeah. Hey, um, don't know where... You know, high-efficiency Volvos. I cannot even imagine how this show is going to go today. I didn't get much sleep last night. It feels like it, but I'm, that's I'm okay. I'm just a little... Yeah, you seem a little edgy. Yeah, I ended up on the couch last night. Oh, bit of an argument at the oh, Nye no, Ranch? no, no, you can probably guess why. Ah, uh, the dog. Yep. That you should have returned months ago? Yep. Yeah. Okay. He was fine once we got to the couch at 2.30 in the morning. Okay. Can I introduce a topic, or what would you like to... I love the Alabama Christmas TV. <laughs> oh, here Thanks. we go. That's from Jane. Thanks, listeners. Uh, someone texted you in. It says, for Mr. Cranky Pants. <laughs> I'm not cranky. <laughs> I'm not cranky. Uh, awesome song. It's an old song. 1985, it's older than Jade. That's right. It is older than me. Let's right. just go with that story. Okay. Since, since I can't get this plane up and off the ground, let me just say this instead then. So I've always felt in doing stand-up comedy, and, and I've sort of moved that to radio as well, that the first minute or two of a show, whether it be stand-up or radio, mm. very important. And I compare it uh, oftentimes to a pilot. Uh, when he's taking off, and you know that announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Please fasten your seatbelts. Fasten your seatbelts, and uh, you know Please whatever. Make sure that your table tray and your seat exactly. Are in the right you want to feel whatever that voice is. You want to feel confident. <laughs> Come on. That they know what You're they're doing. About the six thirty jet afternoon news. You want to feel that they've every, got total control the, of this the aircraft. Start of every show, the start. That we're going to be safe. Yeah, mm, the start of every show for three years now has always been just a little... Mm. A little, sure, but this was if you're the normal. <laughs> I, I want you to picture a pilot instead who, and l- let me get this out, a pilot instead who says, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Oh, look, hey, squirrel. <laughs> Anyways, uh, happy Christmas, a, everyone. Mm. Just like, you're like, does that, is that guy a pilot? Like, is that, <laughs> is there more than one pilot up there? Are we good? <laughs> Right? You just, you want to have that confidence. I mean, you can, you know, hit turbulence along the way or perhaps, uh, you know, skid on the runway a bit on landing. But you you want to feel as though the plane is in good hands. Mm. I can leave. No. <laughs> okay. We can all do that. How many times um, have I threatened? Um, yes. That's right. That's exactly what we're going to talk about, Yes, Damien. that's exactly what I'm trying and to we're get try- to. We're trying to. There's a couple of things here. So, uh, yeah, on a more serious note, I'll, okay, I'll focus. <laughs> Justin Trudeau today. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the commissioner, the probably the ethics commissioner, saying, "Hey, you broke multiple rules. That's right. Broke them. Broke them. Broke them." So, uh, you know, and you've been hearing it on our news, I'm sure, all day long. And we've, we know what the situation was. It was last Christmas, right? Yeah. Our prime minister accepted a ride in a private um, helicopter, a Yaga vacation. Cons, yeah. yeah. 
at a family, friends, whatever, villa in the Bahamas. And we knew it was wrong, right? And we knew, and he knew it was wrong. And now the uh, ethics commissioner mm-hmm. has uh, determined that it was wrong. Not on all points, by the way, not on all counts. There were several accusations made, not on all counts. Justin Trudeau says he never believed there would be any problems when he and his family vacationed last Christmas on a private island in the Bahamas owned by the Aga Khan. But after today's ruling, the Prime Minister says he'll get pre-approval from the Ethics Commissioner for all his future family vacations. I'm sorry I didn't, and in the future I will be clearing all my family vacations with the Commissioner's office. Mary Dawson says Trudeau's vacation last year and two other family vacations not previously made public broke conflict of interest law. But it appears the only penalty Trudeau will face for his transgressions is a public shaming. Terry Pitbull, the Canadian Press, Ottawa. In a nutshell, there you go. Right, so here's the thing, Mm -hmm. and a lot of you aren't going to like this. On either side of things, you're not going to like what I'm about to tell you, but I'm about to tell you something. So the maximum penalty for... the indiscretions of our prime minister is actually 500 bucks. That's That's, that's, that's what the, the law maximum. says. That's, that's the maximum. The maximum. Uh, he wasn't fined that, right? So I know that some of you have already texted, mm-hmm. and you've been waiting to do so, that the prime minister uh, should resign over this, that he's a thief, that he whatever. So I'm going to tell you right now. Justin Trudeau should not have broken the law. Mm-hmm. He should have known what the law and the rules were. He shouldn't have done it, right? Because it's the law. But if you want to use as your argument that our prime minister just broke the law and therefore he should resign, you can't do that. And here's why you can't do that. Because the law also states that the maximum penalty, maximum, is $500. Mm-hmm. So you can't wish that the law was something. You can't wish that if a prime minister is found guilty of violating any rule of conduct, you wish that the penalty was he has to resign. That's... Wishful thinking on the part of people well, yeah. who don't like Trudeau. You, you, you can wish it all you want. The but fact that's not of the, the rule. matter yeah. is it's not going to happen. No. So what is going to happen is there's going to be damage to his mm-hmm. reputation. He's going to have to answer for it when the House sits again. And, and it's he's already... going to be doing this right yeah. up to the next election. So that's going to be the penalty. And then it's going to come back and haunt him, of mm-hmm. course, uh, during the next election, as Jay just said. But you can't wish for something more than that and say, well, you know what? He should resign. That's an individual's decision who's in politics to decide whether their their acts warrant a resignation. Mm-hmm. If our prime minister decides that it doesn't, now you may wish it, I may wish it, but let's be honest, the only reason you're wishing it is because you don't like Trudeau, yep. right? That's the bottom line. So you can't just wish that things are going to be different. You can't just, I mean, how many people wish Trump would just resign over, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not doing a what about argument here. I'm just saying, when you don't mm-hmm. like a particular party, person, politician, or whatever, any indiscretion, you go, all right, that's it. He should resign because that's what you would have liked all along. Mm-hmm. Whether he violated the rules it, it or not, you wish. doesn't matter what it would be. Right. doesn't matter what it would but be. But the law is the law. So mm-hmm. the same law that caught him is the same law that dictates what the punishment is. And in this case, the punishment is a public apology which he's given. And so if you do want to see more, what you need to do, yeah, is is call your call your MP, call the Prime Minister's office, email them, tell them that you'd like to see things change. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. But voice your uh, opinion on that to them. Um, 
And if you're wondering, I mean, the 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 Aga Khan, and he and he he has said, you know, he. He takes these matters very seriously. <laughs> um, you know, lo- longtime family fa- friend. But the problem is, is that the Aga Khan Foundation receives hundreds of millions of dollars a year from the That's Canadian right. government. What what the Prime Minister did is absolutely he didn't wrong. Himself either no, from he didn't. Um, a couple of conversations. That's correct. Which he should he absolutely should have done. And what received less press. Uh, but is also true, is that there were other trips mm-hmm. to that uh, that resort, villa, whatever you it's want to call it. a private island that he Private that island owns. by members of Trudeau's family. So that Trudeau did not attend, so therefore didn't get the press. So listen, don't get me wrong. Two things I need to tell you. I absolutely, yeah. 100% agree that what our prime minister did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a couple of people saying, wait a second, what law? Because you also have the other side of things, Trudeau supporters, who were like, well, what law did he break? I'll tell you what law he broke. He broke the uh, Conflict of Interest Act. Mm-hmm. The conflict, of, conflict, it boils down to this. The two core issues are whether Trudeau's acceptance of the trip put him in conflict of interest because of the ongoing business he had with the family friend Aga Khan, uh, the ties that uh, his organization, charitable organization, had with the government. And the other was also whether he broke the rules around when cabinet officials and members of the House of Commons can accept rides on private transportation. It's an act. It's a law. It's the Conflict of Interest Act. He violated. He should not have taken that flight on the helicopter. He should not have taken the vacation without telling, uh, without clearing it first with the ethics commissioner. So he was wrong. And there is this, and a number of people are pointing it out and saying that uh, uh, the prime minister threw his wife under the bus on this one. In fact, he did not. Uh, he's taken full responsibility for it, despite the fact that it was his wife. It was um, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau who reached out um, to the Aga Khan's daughter mm-hmm. on two occasions about these trips mm-hmm. and uh, right. when, when he was when he was pressed about it in a news conference today he says no I, I take full responsibility it was me it was me you know that's yep. stuff so and so listen to this and I, I hope you're being funny or sarcastic mm-hmm. but you might not be so this text well, he should be charged with treason yeah. and put away for life yeah. you can't wish because you know what had he not done any of this you'd still want that Right? So you have to sort of break it down to what the actual facts are. The facts are he broke at the Conflict of Interest Act. The facts are that the penalty for that are exactly what happened. He got up and apologized. The cost of it, though... Is a different story. Is a different we don't, story. We don't know what that right. cost is going to be If his reputation yet. is harmed... Uh, or if this adds to any harm he might have already done to his reputation, then perhaps as Canadians will vote him out. Or perhaps his party won't form the government next time. Or perhaps whatever. But you, you just know. can't wish. Well, you know, any time the Prime Minister gets caught doing anything, or any time, for that matter, Notley, or anybody no. else who you don't mayor, happen to like. The mayor, yeah, city councilman. You can't, oh, that's treason. No, it's not. And, and just, you know what, the other thing that really bothers me about, uh, about this, too... Um, the despite the use of that the private island for the holidays and the helicopter, um, and this one just kind of burns a little bit. I know what you're going to say, and it burns me too. The trip cost us taxpayers about two hundred thousand right. dollars. That actually burns that me burns more. That burns me more than the private helicopter in the trip. That burns me, and, and I don't know what that rate is. It was it security? I suspect part security. You know, you know the flight to maybe it whatever. was the connecting yeah, flights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Using that burns me too, and yeah. it's not again a violation of any law, and nor should the prime minister step down over it. And this is really easy for me to say, and like I almost don't want to say because it it's so easy. Public servant, servant. 
You serve us, mm-hmm. sir. Why are you spending two hundred thousand? I get that you got a tough job, you know, but man, there's no one else I know that's getting the perk of two hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money to go to a private island in the Bahamas. Honest to God, man, that really that burns me more burns than absolutely me. anything. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd, like to know, sure. I'd like to know the breakdown on that. I would like yeah. to know the breakdown on what that that cost. Again, I think it was probably security costs, the the initial yeah. travel co- cost from our, um, uh, you know, Ottawa to the pickup spot for the private island, probably on the. Mm-hmm. You know, our version of Air Force One. <laughs> I know. And like I say, it's really easy. And I know that, you know, and I've said this a gazillion times when it comes to a, a, a gazillion different topics, the government sort of loses sight of cost because they deal in such big numbers all the time. So 200000 yeah. so what? But it's a big deal to me, to be yeah. honest with you. And, you know, someone just texted in and said, hey, what about Redford? Isn't this the sort of stuff that uh, Redford did and got caught? It was the kind of thing. That led to the resignation? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it, was, it was cumulative. Th- it That's was cumulative, right. though. And there was no way that she could have... Uh, held on uh, in that role. It was that whole, the whole, the word is entitlement, right? That's the and, word. And But that started, that's, you know, decades, that was decades old with the conservative. Exactly. It had been going on forever and everybody yeah. had done it, right? But Redford got caught holding the bag. Yeah, we need to take a quick break here at 222. 630-630 is the phone number, 4960063. Always a great way to get a hold of us. always considered the Aga Khan a close family friend, which is why I didn't clear this family trip in the first place. But given the commissioner's report, I will be taking all precautions in the future. All precautions in the future. I guess what I've been trying to say, and I'll, I'll just say it one different way. If you're mad about this, if you think that the prime minister did something that should cause him to resign or should cause the Liberal Party to force him to resign, or should cause the end of his career, don't get mad at Trudeau. Get mad at every single MP, every single member of Parliament, because you know what? Every single member of Parliament is responsible for passing the laws that designate what happens in the event that... That the maximum fine is $500. And that's the law. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't matter if your MP is a conservative, a liberal, an NDP, whatever he is, write him and tell him you're not happy with that, that you want the penalty under these Call kind of circumstances to be the that PMO's the politician office. in question resides. Absolutely. Um, one other thing on the Trudeau front today, which was uh, which was interesting and yeah. kind of jumped out at me. So the Prime Minister was doing a, an interview with um, uh, the TVA network out of, uh, out of Quebec. Uh, the full interview will be shown tonight. And so the interview asked him why he was so obsessed with July 1st as the date for uh, cannabis law to become in effect. Mm -hmm. And the Prime Minister said it would not be July 1st, but, quote, it would be for next summer. He said, quote, the date will not be July 1st. I can assure you of that. I don't know where that date came from. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it came from him. I thought it came from him all along as well. There was also uh, the federal... uh Department of or Ministry of Health, whatever they call it, who had it on their website for the longest time. I haven't checked today to see if it's still there, uh, but I'm told that it's been changed to, as previously indicated, the Government of Canada intends to bring the proposed Cannabis Act into force no later than July 2018. Yeah. So I guess that could, what, be a, the end of July? I don't know. To me, that reads always, like July 1st. I mean, July 1st was always, We've all been saying July, July 1st. 1st. Yeah. But it's, yeah. And again... 
And again, I know it's, it sounds like from these two stories I'm defending Trudeau, and I'm really not, because I think what he did with the ethics thing is absolutely mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, but with this marijuana thing, what we've also been hearing all along, just assuming that it's going to be legalized, because it's going to be it's legalized. It's going to be legalized. We've been hearing all along from law enforcement that they're not going to be ready to go in July. By July 1st. Right. So if the prime minister now says, well, it's, you know, we need to buy ourselves a couple of uh, months there. He's saying next summer. So we're looking, what, the end of August? Yeah. The two ways to look at it are the prime minister just lied again. Or the other ways to look at it is he listened to law enforcement. Those are the two ways. You look at it any way you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, but didn't expand on that during the interview. True enough. Again, that one's going to be uh, the full interview will air tonight. Uh, again, it's a, it's it's in Quebec on, on TVA, but I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more from it. Uh, tomorrow uh, in the newscast. All right, the 2.30 news coming straight up with Kyle Morris. Again, 3 o'clock, Dr. Gans will be in with another episode of How Does That Make You Feel? Stick around. Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. on the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Thanks for joining us. It's Jay Lynn and Andrew on the Wednesday edition. Um, Just a heads up if you're traveling tomorrow. If I remember correctly, tomorrow is expected to be the busiest day of travel. Uh, for the Christmas season, so so you know it always, so, you know it always so, is. So plan ahead. Give yourself lots of time. Don't take wrap presents through the security line. Don't uh, do the dumb stuff. Don't um, do all the dumb stuff. Yeah. Right? So you know, you know that airports, of course, are going to be busy, and the major airports are going to be the busiest, mm-hmm. right? But keep in mind also that border crossings are going to be busy. So if you're driving down to the United States, you're going to encounter longer lines than usual, and a lot of times they will be caused mm-hmm. by the inspection of boxes that are wrapped that have to be unwrapped, right? But if you want to know the numbers, I mean, it's crazy. Toronto's Pearson International Airport, they're expecting 2.7 million passengers through the country's uh, largest airport between uh, the 17th and January 7th. So that's already started. That's up almost 2 million from last year. And if you're wondering, the busiest travel day is anticipated to be tomorrow when more than 130,000 people are expected to use the airport. Uh, on average, other airports, 50 to 60,000 expected to depart and arrive. I mean, the Trudeau great, International in Montreal. You, you know, the, the, the great thing about uh, the Edmonton International Airport now is that once you cross security, once you get through security, there are, there's restaurants to go to. There's, you know, it's, it's not quite the... The hole that it used to be. Let's put it let's put it that way. There's yeah. there's shopping to do. You can go grab a bite to eat. Yeah. We always give ourselves lots of time, and then usually you know have breakfast there or have lunch there, whatever it is. Do you know? Uh, and I'm bad for this one aspect of it, but I check in online at yeah. home. Um, I don't print my boarding pass because I just prefer their paper, and I don't want my printer to do something wrong. But okay. but you can do all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm bad is those luggage tags. Oh, I can't figure out how to do. Oh, that. I've been I've had yeah. it demonstrated to me so many yeah. times. Carol's caught on and she's able to do it, so she usually does ours. Yeah. But anything like that, when you're checking in, getting your boarding pass, luggage tag, all of that, if you can do it yourself using apps and and those terminals at the airport, yeah. that's going to speed things up. And then security-wise, just knowing what the rules are, and again at Christmas time. 
a lot of times we have that one or two packages that we want to carry on. We're afraid that they'll damage them, but they're wrapped already. You can't wrap them. Don't wrap them. And a lot of wrapping paper, that really shiny stuff, mm-hmm. that that really expensive stuff, it uh, doesn't scan properly or it, it, it's it got too, too much of a metallic component to it, so it sets off the alarm. So you can't do that stuff. But you know you're going to be stuck behind that person yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, doing it. and if you're going to the states, you're going to find that they have new screening processes I'm, for the states. I'm just going to suggest again. I have a Nexus card, and we've talked about this in the past. I mean, the Nexus card again. The Nexus lineups are going to be busy tomorrow as well, but not quite as bad because you you've got your own lineup. You don't have to line up with everybody else, and you know. As everyone, as more and more people get the Nexus card, more and more, you mm-hmm. know, it does. The lineup does get a, a bit longer. But if you've if you've thought about it, um, I highly recommend it. I, I really do. It's worth think go, about it every time I go to the airport. I've yet to do it's, it. It's worth going online and filling it all out and paying what is it the fifty dollars to do it, and then going all the way out there, and then you have to have an interview. You have to. Oh, did you get fingerprinted? I think the first time I got fingerprinted. Yeah. Had the iris scan. My iris scan didn't take, so they they just put a note on there. But yeah, it, it is it is quite. Um, um, it is quite nice to have. And, you know, I heard Dennis Laliberti this morning from New West, Tra- New West Travel talking about coming back. It actually helps with, you know, the customs thing as well when you're coming back um, from an international vacation. The tricky thing is, you know, and he was saying the same thing. He has one, but his wife doesn't have one. I have one, oh, but really? my husband doesn't have one. Gee, so it's I end not up, a plus one situation, right? No, you can't bring a guest. No, you can't, you can't bring it. Uh, <laughs> you can't bring a guest, unfortunately. It, there, it is funny because rules have changed, and they've changed recently. Um, and I know that on our last trip to Vegas, we had a couple of odd where I'm not sure if the rules are understood by everybody. But here were the two sort of oddities. One was. Um, on the way back, you know, uh, and we're flying WestJet, you know when they have availability in their upgraded mm-hmm. section and they haven't sold it and the flight's in an hour, they sometimes offer as you're checking in, hey, do you want to upgrade for this much money, right? So you upgrade for like 100 bucks or whatever and then you get free food and drink and I don't know what else, you get bigger seats. But as we went to check in, uh, they were like, oh, okay, great. So that's considered first class, which it really isn't, right? But okay, I'll take it. And when we went through first okay. class, you don't have to take your shoes off. <laughs> and that what like that's that's a weird rule right so if i'm flying economy i have to take my shoes off at the vegas airport but if i'm flying first class yeah. i don't have to like no terrorist ever thought to upgrade his ticket in order to not but anyways it doesn't make any sense but the other was on the way down oh no actually that was on the way up as well at the uh or way back on the at the vegas airport they always ask any uh electronics or do you have a laptop right i have a tablet and it's always been the same as a phone. Like, it doesn't matter that mm-hmm. you have a tablet. This last time, my bag got separated, my carry-on, and the, you know, the big uh, security guy comes up, and he's like, uh, what do you got in that bag? And I'm like, well, what are you looking for? And he goes, well, do you have an electronic device? And I said, I have a tablet. And he goes, you got to declare it. Because I've never had to declare a tablet before. He goes, well, you do now. So I don't know if that's all electronics now. I just, I just say, yeah, I have this, and just get it over and done with. Take it, take it out, and and uh, and let it be. Pack it back up. Just make it easier. Just hmm. come on, keep on going through. The one thing that I hate, the one thing that I, I really despise doing is you taking my shoes off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, no, for me it's the belt. Yeah, because I feel like I can't get that belt back on again without flashing everybody Looking my like tummy a fool, or right? yeah. On the morning show, Angus and Bruce both confirmed that today is the busiest day for YG. I'm positive it was tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Pearson International Airport's uh, estimation. Yeah. Oh, maybe this was for... Yeah, no. Could be for Edmonton, I don't know. But mm. 
Uh, the article we're reading from anyway, to today is from and tomorrow, really busy days for traveling if you're flying. So give yourself more time. There you go. <sighs> Angus, you mean Angus what? Because <laughs> he's a travel expert. <laughs> he's he's a, he's a banker. <laughs> well, he'd know. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, we owe a break here, don't we? We should probably get that one out of the way because then I want to get people even madder. Oh, about what? Ah, this ticket this guy got in Quebec. Oh, hey. Do you think that that should be done here? Uh, well, let's find out. Okay, let's do this. All right. So if you're heading to Quebec uh, for Christmas... (sighs) Be aware of this little bit of information. And I would suspect, before anyone else jumps to this conclusion, when you hear the details of this story, that the bigger problem might have been the fact that the guy had an Ontario plate in Quebec. (laughs) If you've spent any amount of time in either province, you know what I'm talking about. So here's what happened. There's an Ottawa guy. He was in uh, Gatineau. And uh, so he parks his car to go into a restaurant. So he parks his car, and when he parks his car, he notices somebody sort of looking in cars. And, of course, it comes to his attention. He's thinking, what is that guy doing? Car thief? What's he doing, right? Maybe at Christmas time, too, you maybe think, that guy's probably looking for presents or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he sort of, you know, looks a little closer and says, oh, no, he's got a uniform. So now he's thinking, oh, he's a security guard of some kind, perhaps somebody hired by the, the mall he's going into to keep an eye on the cars to make sure that they are actually using the services of those stores to park, you know. So he determines eventually that it's a police officer. So it's like, okay, well, it's a cop, so we should be good to go. So he goes into the restaurant um, and then remembers... I, and I'm I'm putting words in his mouth yeah. here a little bit, but he was probably distracted by the fact that he saw somebody looking in windows. He forgot to lock his car. So he comes back out again, and the police officer is writing him a ticket. Uh, a cop says to him, hey, I got to give you a ticket. And he replies, no, no, it's okay. I'm at the Baton Rouge, a restaurant. Uh, I'm, I can park here. Again, thinking the problem might be that parking is reserved for patrons of the stores. And the police officer says, no, no, no. It's for having your car doors unlocked. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Apparently, it's a bylaw. Uh, that Gatineau police have issued 467 tickets for so far in 2017. Last year, if you're wondering, 517 tickets. It's a $52 fine because the act says no person may leave unattended a road vehicle that is in his or her custody without previously removing the ignition key and locking the doors. So that's the law. You have to lock your door. If you're leaving your car in a parking lot, you have to lock the doors. And if you fail to do so, the ticket is 52 bucks. But the reason they want you to lock the doors is so that nobody steals from you. And doesn't this sort of feel like somebody just stole from you? They just took 52 bucks. And why is it? Well, I shouldn't say anymore. I, I know the police are trying to discourage theft. So therefore they have... They're, you know, they're telling honest citizens you have to lock seems, your car. It seems strange that you're getting fined for not locking your vehicle. Like, what? Mm, uh, okay, well, I guess mm, if, if if things are stolen from your vehicle, then they have to investigate and it's manpower and time, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that's just kind of like, mm, that's your mistake. You screwed up. Yeah. So let's... I, I, have, I, have, I have friends in Vancouver... 
And I can remember going out and staying with them, and they had a parkade, like the, the locked parkade. Yeah. But she would leave the windows down in her vehicle. Really? Because people would come in, and they would smash the windows, and she would, you know, leave the vehicle oh. down because it was cheaper for her, you know. To have the there's, stuff, nothing, yeah. there's nothing in here. There's nothing in here. Take a look around. There's no money in the console. She would leave her windows down because it was, and apparently that was the popular thing to do, because it was cheaper than, um, you and know, having the, the window. I yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Um, I have to ask quickly, and then we'll get back to the ticket. You have friends in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Are they okay? Yeah, they're okay. With that snowmageddon, uh, yeah. That snowmageddon <laughs> that took place, that dusting of snow. I saw a picture of a bus pulled over and the passengers getting out because it hit, uh, what well, did they call it? The, the great ice. thing is most of them uh, lived in Edmonton for, for some time, it's, so they yeah. actually can can mock the rest of them. Yeah, fair enough. A lot of the media people, I, mm-hmm. I noticed, are ex-Edmontonians or ex-Albertans, yeah, right? Time here. So they know all the, you know, this is how you, these are the precautions for this kind of weather. Put on a coat and a scarf. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for, so for this, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think it through and I'm trying to see both sides. So I'm thinking, okay, so if your car gets broken into... Who pays that cost? So insurance companies pay that cost, right? Police have to investigate. So I suppose there's a there's although, a cost. Yeah, there's a cost, cost to that. There. Although they, you know, typically do they because you generally go to the police station, file a report, and then say, and then give it to the insurance company yeah. to say you filed a report. But I'll we'll assume there's a cost associated with that. So I can see where you okay. But wait a minute, the police no, because government doesn't represent insurance companies. They do represent the police. It would be the time for the police doing the report taking. But when you think about it, though, given this guy's story, that this police officer was using his time to go car to car Mm -hmm. looking for cars that weren't unlocked. Ticket quota? Maybe. I mean, couldn't that time better be served then standing behind a counter and taking reports on people who forgot, you know, who got broken into? Or maybe they're just seriously hoping it's just an overall deterrent. You know, we we have we have here. You know, we have the little signs that say, you mm-hmm. know, nothing. You have one in your car. I do. Um, all valuables and, and removed. Yeah, all the time from AMA. West Edmonton Mall. They try to make sure to you know you know the make lock your cars, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Don't leave anything in plain sight. It feels like, and here's at the end of the day, if you have to decide one way or another, it feels like it should be a public service announcement, an ad campaign, an awareness campaign to tell people they need to lock their cars, and whether that's billboards that say this is. How many break-ins there were, or a sign at a particular parking lot that says, like you see at West Edmonton Mall, how many mm-hmm. break-ins there have been. But, <laughs> or the alternative to that is, you fine fifty-two dollars to a person who's done really nothing wrong except forgotten to lock their car, and they are the victim. And they become the victim then, right? But again, it's the law. I would, I would have a problem with that if it was Edmonton. Well, that would be a whole. One hour segment and bring a counselor in if it was Edmonton. And bring police in too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the police, you, you you can never, in these circumstances, blame the police because the law is the law and they're so, supposed again, to be out once there. Once again, someone made that someone law made the and law. approved that law, just right. like we were talking with Trudeau on the $500 fine. Right. My problem is that, I, you know, with Trudeau, the penalty should be harsher. That's Absolutely. my problem. My problem here is there shouldn't be a penalty for you not locking your own vehicle. And, and by extension, should there be a law saying you have to lock your house then, too? Or, you know, like, it just seems silly. It seems like a sort of a nanny state wouldn't kind that, of thing. Wouldn't that, though, if, if, if your house was... Okay, you left your house unlocked, and... Then I guess it's, is it still broken into if it's unlocked? But someone goes in there and steals things. 
could you not be penalizing from your insurance company saying, no, sorry, you didn't lock your doors? Actually, I have heard circumstance where insurance companies don't want to pay out because you didn't lock your car. But as to whether or not they know how, other than your admission that you didn't, whether you did or didn't. Yeah, why would you fess up to that? Because the burglar's not coming around and saying, oh, hey, yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, maybe they can figure out by the fact that there's nothing damaged that the car must have been unlocked. I mean, I had uh, one time I had a police officer. uh, He attended a accident scene i volunteered to be a witness and he later followed up by coming to my house and when he we i said oh i wrote down the license plate number i got it in my car it was like 10 o'clock at night went out to my car and opened the door and he was like are you kidding me like you don't lock your car i was like no i do now but he was like you you gotta lock your car but he didn't give me a 52 dollar ticket for it i'd have been so upset left for uh, work this morning yes and uh, as i was pulling out of my driveway there was um, a vehicle pulling out of the next door neighbor's driveway, and I thought it was my neighbor. Um, and, and then they pulled out because we were going to we were going to hit each other. So I kind of slowed down, and they they stopped and stopped in front of my house. And I'm looking at them, although I didn't. I'm pretty sure now it wasn't my neighbor. I get down to the stop sign to turn to go, and they're still parked in front of my house. And you know, you have that hinky feeling going. Yeah. Something isn't right there. Right. Um, and I played that same thing over and over through my head, like you went through last week with the guy on the road, all that, what should mm-hmm. I do? Yeah. So what did you do? I drove to work. Yeah, there you go. I drove to work. I'm thinking to myself, no, my house is locked. There's dogs. Everything's fine. So it should be, you know, good to go. But in that moment and and all of the things going on like the, the number of people breaking stealing stuff off people's porches this year is absolutely unreal i know and you know we did the story in ups and canada post and pure leader all said that these are stories that get a lot of media of it, uh, media yeah. attention but represent a very small Boy. percentage of the actual parcels but it does feel like this year we're getting a ton more than we have in the past <sighs> uh lalette's on the phone paulette lalette paulette hi Yes, hi. How are you? I just got to turn my radio off here. I'm uh, just calling in because uh, this is a very controversial area, being fined for not locking your car. And I I think uh, that that's uh, absolutely an aberration of, you know, just the total misuse of our our system by charging people for that. Because, you know, I've, I've locked my car, had an insurance loss, and then the insurance company doesn't even cover Okay, mm. and nor do the police even cover. So why bother having a fine? That's only what that's doing is only stopping the middle class from proceeding forward and living uh, a somewhat reasonably uh, normal life, and having excessive use of our fines, our legislation. For every law that's enacted, one more right is gone, and for every fine that's enacted, it's one more lawyer we need to put through law school so i mean this is just totally ridiculous it is now just to clarify so you don't go away thinking this is not alberta though right this is a uh, law is in quebec. quebec it doesn't matter it no i know it doesn't down. the principle is the same the argument is uh, holds water i just don't want to get i don't want people to think that this is something that's been enacted in alberta it has it has not but but you're right i agree with everything you just said thanks Thank for the call you. paulette we're going to move on to a bill hi bill Hello, hello there. How's Andrew? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Very good. I was going to comment on on your locking the car. Yeah. In Hawaii, 
the rented cars, it says, do not lock, and they even leave the key in the trunk. Why? All rental cars, because they don't want no uh, breaking windows. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? That's what you were saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. All the rental Vancouver, cars, yeah. they have a key in the trunk left. If you want to open it, open it. There's <laughs> nothing to take. <laughs> huh. You know, it's funny because I, I don't want to recommend this. But there was a night when somebody came down our street and broke into all the cars. Mm -hmm. And it was back when I used to not lock my car. My car was the only car that didn't get damaged. They still took stuff from me, but I didn't have to you replace didn't have any. You did the damage, the yeah. window, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they took change from the yeah. ashtray. So the moral of the story in Quebec is if, if you don't have nothing to steal, the, the, the police will steal uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and don't drive an Ontario plate in Quebec. Those would be the two lessons. Thanks for the call, Bill. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Oh, looking at this from a different angle, you guys. How would somebody from out of Gatineau know what Gatineau bylaws are? Well, the, you know, I, I agree, well, that's but like when you travel ignorance anywhere, of the law, right? though, is never an excuse, right? Yeah. But that's exactly what happened. Like, this guy, although Gatineau's not that far from Ontario, right? Ontario residents go there all the time. But this guy didn't know the law. But, again, that's never a defense, but it's a valid point. He, I'm well, surprised everybody hasn't heard of this law. But nobody knows bylaws. I was in Fort Nelson, and I got a ticket for parking overnight and um, outside the hotel. And their bylaw was no parking out on Main Street on Monday nights for snow removal. <laughs> no way, really? And how did I know that? Yeah, how, how much was and the ticket? It was quite a bit, but I just went down to City Hall and they canceled it. Because I oh, was nice. out of town. Mm. Huh. Bob, no. thanks and for the call. Was, Have a great Christmas. Okay. Take it easy now. Uh, some of your texts coming in. Uh, seems to be a lot more crime when we're going back about the mm -hmm. you know stuff being stolen. Uh, from your place, uh, seems to be a lot more crime this Christmas. Our condo parkade has been broken into three times in the last month. My daughter's condo parkade broken into last week during the day. The thieves are going through storage lockers and vehicles looking for anything of value. And this one says, I had a couple of packages delivered to my home and the smart delivery person hid them behind my shovel so nobody would take them. Thank you so much. Hmm. Mm hmm there you go. Uh, and so there's always one text along these lines. Um, if you shop locally at the shops and stores who have invested in your community by putting up actual stores and paying taxes in your community, your packages would not likely get stolen from your front steps and so on and so forth. Yeah, you know, the world's changed. People shop internationally now, and a lot of people are too busy to go to a lot of stores, so they use the convenience of and, online. And uh, a lot of folks don't want to deal with all the crowds right. that you're dealing with right now. And you could e easily argue that those uh, brick-and-mortar stores should make it more convenient to shop from them online or, you know, whatever. I mean, I did micro... Personally, 100% um, of my Christmas shopping was online this year. 100%. Uh, no, 99%. I did buy one thing at a store you recommended. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did all my shopping online. And a uh, lot of some of the items are not available in that yeah. by the way. Uh, a couple more texts. Uh, the fine should be much higher. Stolen cars are a danger to the public. Used as getaway cars and joy rides. De Trucker Dave says nanny nanny state cash grab um, and locks only keep honest people out. Yeah, by the way, we're not talking about cars left running with their keys in them. We're talking about a car where the ignition key has been yeah, removed. Yeah, but if you can if you can... Yeah, but I mean if you have, wire, the, you if you have the ability to hot wire a car, a locked door isn't going to stop you. I would assume that good car thieves don't... Oh, darn it, the door's locked. I can't do anything. Right? Gone in 60 seconds? I think they can get in. 
I would imagine most of the high-end cars that are stolen were locked. I had trouble finding my car keys in my purse in 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> See, I wonder what the fine is if you lock the door, but you left a spare key on one of those little magnet cases. I could, you could be argued <laughs> please, that you didn't take please care. Please just don't break the windows. <laughs> yeah. All right, 2.58, the 3 o'clock news coming up uh, right away. On the other side, Dr. Gans joins us for an episode of How Does That Make You Feel?